Yes. Back like we never left. That's right. Because <clears throat> we never did. <laughs> yeah, we always <laughs> here in your mind and hearts. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say it. I cracked up when I was watching something on television and I saw Never Stop, Never Stop It. <laughs> never Stop, Never Stop It, man. Yeah, I didn't man. realize it was from a movie. Oh, you didn't? No, because I've never seen the movie. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, I watched it. Stupid. I watched it. it on, uh, it was on TV one day. Yeah, it looks like a stupid movie. because. And I can't think of the actor, but he was... Uh, I can't even think of the premise, but it was so stupid. He was doing all this over-the-top stuff, and that was his key phrase. It was like, you know, his phrase on the movie. But it's true to life, though, man. That is true. <clears throat> it's all good, man. That is true. So how you been doing, man? It's all good. Can't complain. Life is life, you know? It is, man. All good over here. You know, yeah. I like to say... uh <laughs> R.I.P. Rest in peace to Harry Belafonte, man. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, the, he brought Calypso to the forefront. I was reading some stuff. I didn't, I I knew him, but I didn't realize how big he was. You yeah, know, he brought Calypso to the front. He did. Um, and he was one of the first people to get an EGOT. I think it's Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. Correct. Yeah, he was big and um big activist, civil rights, and um, I think the the thing that I didn't know is I knew he was friends with MLK, yeah. Malcolm and all those guys. But I saw so I was watching TV or a documentary and they were talking about his life and um they said he had to he got an insurance policy on MLK because of the times they lived in in the 60s and all the threats. But then what I thought was special was mm-hmm. he got the insurance policy but he made MLK's children the beneficiaries. So when they when MLK did get murdered they yeah. got that money, you oh, know? Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I thought that was just indicative of the man he was, man. There's so many stories. I mean, you could you could look them up, but look up Harry Belafonte. I mean, we don't have enough time to even talk about all the stuff he did. Right. But, but yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I actually said, did I send you the video? I think it was of him introducing uh, Public Enemy. No, I, I didn't. They, I guess they were getting a, some like a Lifetime Achievement Award, or was it a some award they were gonna, I can't remember what it was, but he presented them with that particular award. Very eloquent speech talking about how public enemy was, you know, able to bring hip hop to the forefront <clears throat> as long as, as long as their uh, social commentary. One of the pioneer groups yeah. in the rap yeah. game, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to say that, you know, get it out of the way before we get into what we're gonna talk about. No problem, man. No problem. So, welcome to another episode of A Conversation with Open Minds. sitting here, Mr. T, with my right hand, left hand, both hands, Randall. Hello, everybody. I'm here, back at it, like we never left. Like we never left. That's right, man. Always in your ear. That's right, man. Hopefully we bring you, you guys, you listeners, the thousands, hundreds of thousands of listeners, everywhere, great topics that you can think about and research and gain knowledge from. So anyway, today's episode is going to be a series of different different topics, I think, and they all kind of blend together. I guess we've been talking over the last few days over things that have been going on in the world, and how did the conversation start? What were we doing? We were talking about, was it really gun control, right? Mm-mm. It was yeah. a yeah, it was a couple things, a few things. Yeah, but it kind of melded into gun control, I guess, or guns in general, and the mass shootings and all that kind of stuff. And part of it, I think, was the couple of shootings that happened just recently. Um, yeah, kid that got shot in the doorway, and yes. and then there was another one. Um, but anyway, that's what started the conversation was those shootings as to. Why do they happen? How does a person shoot somebody through a doorway? 
Um, and there's nothing like wrong with that. I mean, like, what's wrong with people? Yeah. But it kind of then melded into, you know, stand your ground and that kind of a subject. Stand your ground, castle doctrine, whatever you want to call it, um, which I started to do a little research on. I started to find out like they're all similar, but slightly different, which kind of makes them like overlap each other, I think, in some ways. Almost makes them a little too vague because they're open for interpretation. And yes. so, And so what I mean by that was when I read Stand Your Ground, I understood if there is a specific threat that, you know, that some specific threat to you, and there is, I guess there's no way out. And, you know, uh, what's the word? Lethal force, I guess, is, is the option that you have. You are allowed to use that. In some states that I know, they have also attached to that a duty to retreat, meaning if you're in a, you know, situation that you feel that there is a credible threat, and you have an opportunity to get out or get away, you should do that before trying to use lethal force. So as I'm reading yeah. all that, it started, it got me down to, and you know, not to rehash all of that, but made me think back to George Zimmerman <clears throat> and the whole um, stand your ground, duty to retreat, even though I don't think Florida has that in the, their word, in their verbiage. Um, he had that opportunity to do that anyway. You know, he had the opportunity to not even engage, not even to be there, could have just walked away and let the police do their job, but he chose not to. And well, so, I think, go ahead. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so, so that, that, that interpretation there helped him win, I guess, his case of standing his ground, because at the time when you're talking about it, yes, he's now in a fight. But I guess they're not looking at as to how he got into the fight. I mean, do they really look into the how and not just the act of the fight itself? I, I think when we talk about, you know, exactly when it's, I guess the question was kind of like, what are the, the rules? Because we got to first remember, you know, America is made up of 50 states, individual states that make up a nation. So states' rights, every state has a, for lack of a better term, a different stand your ground rule. So depending on where you at, the laws could be different. That's the first thing. Two, um, I guess in our state, you know, um, Castle Doctrine or Stand Your Ground, um, the way it's interpreted. So, you know, we talking about it, if it's a crime and not in the George Zimmerman case, I think, and I think people don't like to talk about this, but George Zimmerman's lawyer did a great job with deflecting off of Zimmerman and what he did and what he what he should not have did and putting the focus on um Trayvon Martin being a threat this tall black kid and you right. know right. right or wrong he's a defense attorney he right. said after the case he thought George Zimmerman was guilty whatever but the state didn't have a good case right um so I think it leads up to interpretation when you do that so um and speaking of this, like, if stand your ground is a crime, in that case, yes, George Zimmerman could have fled. He could have went, called the police. Like mm -hmm. they tell you when you call 911, stay a safe distance. He could have done all of that. Right. But he had a gun, and that gun made him feel emboldened right. to confront Trayvon Martin. Well, when he confronted him, um, how it was interpreted, because I want to get the words right, in the jury case, or what they said was he had a right to defend himself. And here's where race and all these stereotypes come into. Because if right. you watch the case, they brought up Trayvon Martin's size. Mm -hmm. He was a six foot one kid. He was right. black. You know, he wrestled yeah. with George Zimmerman. Well, if I'm coming home or if my son's coming home who's six one, mm -hmm you know, 185, and somebody accost him, I expect him to defend himself. I'm not, I don't want him to die, you know. Correct. So that's where George Zimmerman's attorney got the jury to believe, hey, man, this young black dude is threatening, you know, mm -hmm. and all those subconscious biases play a part in that. Right. You know, so, so that part of the jury case, um, I mean, how can you fight bias as people of color? You can't. You can't change somebody's mind 
yeah. or how they feel about other people. Yeah. But when it comes to stand your ground, if it's a crime, I think people got to understand, even in, in your house, I think we were talking about this. If somebody's yes. running away from your house, yes. running out of the door, you cannot shoot them. Correct. You're going to go to jail. Correct. There has to be a visible threat. threat. The threat is going away from you. So there's no longer exactly. a threat. Yeah. If you're driving down the road, remember we saw that? We were talking about that in our state. Yeah. People driving down the road, mm -hmm. shooting at each other. That's not staying your ground. Now, you, know. you say that when I read about Castle Doctrine, which is a similar to that, I guess if there is a credible threat, and it did say within your home, vehicle, yes. or workplace. Yes. So yes. if there is a credible threat coming to you and you are driving, then I guess, yes, Castle Doctrine may work for you. But as you well, said, shooting down it the road has to be a, it, it has to be a threat, though. Correct. Like, um, I think the, the case we were looking at was the water bottle. They, they they tried to make it seem like the water bottle. And I think that case is going to go to appeal. Yeah. They're going to retry it. The guy tried to say the water bottle was a threat, so he pulled out his gun and shot at the guy. God. And, I, and that's what I say with these laws, people are reaching. Right. Hey, you know, I'm in a fight with you mm -hmm. and I might be 20 pounds bigger than you. Mm -hmm. So now I feel the need. I got to pull out my gun and shoot. And we're going to get to the whole concealed weapon thing. But I think the yeah, stand your yeah, ground. Know. We'll get there first. Yeah, um, well, stand you know, your I, ground, I, whether it's a crime or not, you I, know. I kind of even said that even when the Trayvon thing was going on, the trial was going on. I said, George Zimmerman seems to be a guy that got himself into a fight, realized now he's getting his ass kicked, so decided yes. to shoot the person. And I'm like, yes. that, that's not how that was designed. I get it. You no. were defending yourself then, but it's not that I'm going to kick your ass. Oh, wait a minute. I'm getting my ass kicked. Now I have to shoot you to stop the fight because I can't beat you up. Yes. And that's kind that's of what That's basically what happened. I mean, yeah. basically. And so that was, that was my fear was, so people are just going to put themselves into situations knowing that may, they may or may not be able to win, but I've got a gun, so I know somehow I will finish it. Just like uh, we were talking, I know it's on the list, is the I'm in fear of my life. Yes. It's all wrapped in one ball. I'm in fear of my life. I'm standing my ground. So when is that true or false? When is, I mean, I remember we made a joke out of it. I'm in fear of my life, you know. Right. You can say it about anything. You sure can. We, me and you are in an argument. And my voice gets a little loud. KT can say, I'm in fear of my life. I was threatened. I got to stand my ground. Is that true or false? I mean. Well, and uh, it was a documentary, I believe I was watching, that the, um, I don't want to say if he was the commissioner or not of the police department, but somebody for the police department said that they train their police officers to say that. I'm in fear of my life? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I heard that, and I kind of went, what? Well, I think that, and we're going to get to this, but the police aspect of it is a whole nother different, we'll get to that. Yeah, well, but go I, ahead. I think the reason that came up is because in a lot of times, I guess when you're hearing about these, these police shootings, the term I was in fear of my life always comes out. Yes. So whether they said that at the time or whether that is just their, their um, go to rationale to use once you're being questioned was I was in fear of my life, which is why I shot him. You know, that's their, their go-to statement. Yes. Um, and so, anyway, and, and me, my thing, going back to, we're going to get to the police part of, but the aspect yeah. of, I feel like Zimmerman was trying to be in that case. He tried, he tried successfully. Let me not say try. He was successful with um, his lawyers. They, you know, they painted Trayvon as this aggressor. Mm -hmm. You know, then they tried to uh, use the aspect of, well, now that he's the aggressor, I have to get him off me. I have no other way. I had to shoot him. Correct. You know, I think that leads us right into, you know, one of the second questions we have on here. And we, remember, we talked about mental health. Yes. Mental health versus gun ownership versus uh, staying your ground. I mean, staying your <laughs> ground is not in that mental health realm. But when we talk about gun control, another aspect of it is the mental health aspect of it. Because I think it was the latest, was it the young guy? Remember we were talking about, where was it? He came to the bank. Was that Buff, was it Buffalo? 
Oh no, that was the grocery store. No, no, not the, it's been so many. I know, right? That's what I'm saying. We're so immune to it now. Um, the one was it when he went, he wrote the letter to his parents. He went to the bank. It was the latest one. It was just um, he killed like five people in there, and then his mom was saying, uh, he didn't have any mental health issues, but he was he was taking some medicine, and you know they weren't even giving credence to the fact that he just was a murderous, right? You know. Son of a gun. I don't want to cuss. Right. I they tried to flip it on mental health, which. Well, so so you say that. So that that's the part of the issue I personally have with that is when uh, a shooting happens, and I'm not even going to bring race into it because it doesn't matter at this point. But when a shooting happens, um, and then gun control comes next is the next statement. The third statement then is mental health. And that's mm-hmm. the issue, not gun control. And when I say control, I don't mean controlling you owning a gun. Mm-hmm. I mean controlling how guns get into the hands of other people. Yeah. You can own as many guns as you want. I honestly do not care. You can have an entire arsenal built in your backyard, ready for the war, whatever it is you want. That's fine. The problem now is when you say everybody has an opportunity, which they do, but then you're saying mental health is the issue, and now you want to try to cure mental health. Mental health is a large problem. And it not it isn't just that one word encompassing. It's not just that. I, I looked up, there were like 300 different diagnoses out there. Yes. Plus more. So when you say mental health, I want to look at you and say, pick one of the 300 and tell me which one this guy has. How can, exactly. you di- how can you diagnose somebody with mental health issues sitting across from your television? And I feel like that just sure takes that's what the, it is. I feel like that just that's an a go-to that takes the onus off of this person doing a heinous act. You know what I'm saying? I, and, and I'm not saying he could have been had some mental health issues, and that's probably there, but I just feel like that's always a go-to. It's like you know, this is not for this episode, but we, remember we had an episode we talked about crack, and now we have the opioid em- epidemic. Yes. And when it was crack, it was like, Reagan, we got to send black and brown people to jail. Now it's opioids, it's an epidemic, mental health, we need to get all these facilities. You know what I'm saying? Like, it always lies down those racial lines. Right. I just feel like, it's, it, it, you know, like these last few, and some of some of the shooters have been black males. I mean, it's right. been Hispanic right. males, but Absolutely. mostly it's white males. And I, I feel like they fall on that mental health uh, crutch a yes. lot. Oh, he was a good, he was a good boy. He was a good kid, but he just had some, you know, mental health issues, which leads me to the fact that maybe we should have mental health uh scannings to where each year your concealed weapons license or even having a gun you have to if you start taking these psych meds you have to you know either you automatically put into a database or your name jumps into a database you know what i'm saying like to where okay they own a gun right do they really need this gun or maybe we should you know we have a database for everything else right you know um but then but then you know you start looking into that and you now look at possible government overreach because now your government's getting into your personal business not only into like your medical files as well as your you know how many guns you may or may not own but my thing is and I, I totally, point. I, well i totally get what you're saying as far as that goes that there needs to be some type of um way to track that type of information so that you can actually say that if the specific person does take x amount of um you know behavioral medicine for whatever reason that they should reevaluate whether or not this person should still own a firearm or should even have yes. the opportunity to own a firearm um yes just in the same way that if you're a felon you can't vote you know stuff like that exactly I mean, that's what i'm if saying if you simply can say that then i can simply just ask the question of okay so if you are considered whatever it is that you have should you be able to own a firearm? Exactly. But when you say government overreach, I mean, I feel like when we're going to get to this with the whole our buddy down here, I don't want to <laughs> yeah, spoil I it. But I feel like nowadays we pick and choose when we want government to step in, depending okay. on who you are. 
depending on who you are, we pick and choose when we want government, you know, to step in. Like, uh, you know, we'll say, hey, man, the NRA, and this, I wrote this down, you know, we right to bear arms, Second Amendment, you know. It's, but we, we've talked about this, the Mulford Act, 1967. I want people to look it up again. California, state of California, hippie state, right? Back in 67, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. They, they brought Democrats and Republicans brought in a law called the Mulford Act because they wanted, they didn't want the right to bear arms without a concealed weapon because of the people that had the arms. Correct. That's why I say from the time America was established, we pick and choose when we want the government to step in. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. We want to cherry so, pick those moments and say, okay, you can you can step in now, but not yeah. this one. Yeah. So my yeah, my my thing with mental health is I feel like we're at this, it's so many mass shooting. Look, we're talking about a mass shooting now. We can't even it's been so many, we can't even recall, I think it was which which city it was. There's been right. so many. It's like every week, you know, it's like we're desensitized oh, with mass with mass shootings, yeah. you know. It it um, it has definitely numbed a lot of America because the first thought really is not oh my mm-hmm. god what happened it mm-hmm. is more the concern of um gun control or whether the person's got mental health issues mm-hmm. or whether somebody did something wrong or not whatever the case is but they're not really concerned about the loss of life mm-hmm. and whether that life loss of life was even justified i mean yes exactly. if you're doing something wrong and you pull out a gun and the cops shoot you because you pulled out a gun totally justified but if you're standing there eating a snickers bar in the middle of the street wherever and you get shot because they thought the snickers bar was a gun not really exactly. justified so, so it, yeah but uh, i'm just gonna say so that's kind of where all of this kind of comes into is, is that we're not trying i'm saying we're not trying to control how you how or who owns guns because you can do what you want with that is you really have to start thinking about who whose hands are these guns going into? And yes, I mean, if you leave it that wide open and people say, well, you know, criminals can get guns anywhere they want. And I'm like, well, that's totally true, but they're not the ones doing mass shootings. I mean, they may be shooting themselves up in their own neighborhoods and whatnot, but they're not going out there killing children. Exactly. In elementary schools. So let's just take the criminals out of the, the equation for right now because they don't matter as far as that goes. I'll give you another example. And this is probably, it's probably having to do with mental health. It's probably having to do with racism with the kid that got shot ringing the doorbell in Kansas City. The old man, he's 85. I mean, we've all read the story. He shoots this kid through the door. I don't even know like how you justify it. it, it, it I can't even narrow it down to it being just mental mental health because it had to be some racism you know what i'm saying some profile something in there he shoots the kid through the door and he comes out he shoots the kid again did that right there proved intent when he came out and shot him again exactly so stand your ground is out of it after the kid struggles down i think to one of the neighbor's house Mm -hmm. which if you struggle to my house in the middle of the night shot i don't care who you are i'm going to call the police I'm not going to, you know, necessarily let you in my house, but right. here's where it turns. When the police officers get there, instead of helping him, I want to say he was handcuffed, and I want to be certain. I'm trying to look it up now because I want to be clear. Anyway, he was not treated like a gunshot victim. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because um, they didn't take the old man into custody, or then they finally took him in and released him, let him, you know, it was a a bunch of stuff went wrong because I guarantee they didn't process the scene correctly. Probably didn't. So with the forensics, they let the suspect, well, the kid end up being the suspect for a little while. Mm-hmm. They let the old man go home. Now, if he, if he was a younger person, he could have got rid of evidence or did anything. Yeah. And then when, when people put pressure on them, he was rearrested. Correct. But I'm saying that to say that, one, 85, 86, I can't remember, 85 or 86 year old man. Yeah. His grandson. I know, I I don't remember his age either. Yeah, his grandson came on TV Mm -hmm. and kind of hinted to his 
racist past, and that's nothing I said. That's what right. his grandson said. Right. Um. The you know, and you didn't. We were going to get the police officers, but the the police department being lackadaisical and charging him, mm-hmm. and you basically had to have a protest. People getting out there, the the, the kids' family getting out there to protest, mm-hmm. and um, black and brown people bringing attention to this. To, the police department coming back and rearresting the 85 year old. And then you get the whole, oh, he's an old guy. He didn't know what he's doing. You get that. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you get that. He didn't. Well, my thing is if he didn't know what he was doing, why yes. does he have a gun? Exactly. And that goes back to mental health, right? Dementia, Correct. old people. Correct. And I know that was a long way to get back to mental health, but. No, but it's, it's a appropriate story for saying the fact that you get to it's almost like getting to a certain age you're like 80 years old and you ask the question should you still be driving a car exactly you know when you get to a certain age do you have to then be tested a little bit more often just in case because you're out there with a car and you've got dementia you don't know where you're going where you forget how to drive or whatever that is should you then be tested more frequently to make sure so if he's 80 something years old and he still owns a gun, and you even the family says, you know, well, you know, he's got a few issues. Should he still be a uh should he still be able, is what I was gonna say, to own a gun? Should he still have it? And if that's the case, who takes them away now? Exactly. You know, because if you say the government takes them away, that's gonna freak everybody out. Now the government can take your guns away. Like, you know, I'm suddenly I'm 80 years old and my guns are gone. That's not and... where I'm going with it, but <clears throat> My personal opinion, I don't uh-huh. feel like it was a mental health thing. I think it was a more of a racist thing. Oh, I think so. But since we're on that mental health, in that mental health realm, yeah, I do agree. Like an eighty-five-year-old man, like he could have shot anybody. He could have freaked. You know what I'm saying? Freaked yeah. out. Oh yeah, oh, he could have shot his grandkid. You know, but I think you got to take in all of those issues when we're talking about mental health. I think. As Americans, sometimes we just like to say mental health. We don't really believe in it. I don't know, just my... That's why I asked the question of, you know, in the uh, the DSM for, for behavioral, they basically say that there's 300 diagnosed mental health issues out there. 300. And that's mm-hmm. only those that are diagnosed. There's probably more. So when you say mental health is the reason the person did what they did, you now then have to say, what was the problem? You can't just say mental health and that be the be all and end all and that just covers it and then say the government should fix that. It's like, well, then how, what do you fix? And how do you exactly. fix it? Where do you go? And then, and now you have to get back into that person's business to figure out and keep a track of this person to make sure that this person is okay. And when they get off the rails, and this is what we have to do, and we have to constantly keep tracking everybody to make sure you are fit to own a firearm do they really want that i mean do you want to be do, like you go for a physical for for a job mm-hmm. and you have to do one every year do you want to have to go for a physical to or some type of a, a checkup to make sure you're still fit to own a firearm and that's a return well, i mean the the to me i feel like mm-hmm. as a responsible gun owner mm-hmm. i wouldn't mind doing that once i get to a certain age you know hey if yeah. you're whatever every two years yeah you have to you know the government charges us for everything else i don't see the government being mad at making us pay you know and i understand right. as citizens we don't want to pay more money than we have to but i feel like it's getting out of control out of control in that instance i feel like it was more racial than mental but right. you know i'm not opposed to that i mean i would love to hear what our viewers well, yeah. thought I mean, about that we, we have a, a few friends out there that own guns Mm-hmm. For for their reasons for hunting for you know, just enjoyment whatever that is, um, which is fine. But you know, I'm curious to find out what would they think of you get to a certain age in life, you get to sixty five or seventy, and now you have to be evaluated and be evaluated with some regularity, like you said, with every two years, as to whether or not you're still fit to own a firearm. Exactly, I, I'm not opposed to that. And I'm then not if, opposed because I feel like if you're a responsible gun owner. You and don't then if, it's, if you find out that you're not fit, would you be willing then to give the guns up? And even, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, say the government, I mean, when I say give them up, 
let's say the government pays you for the guns, whatever it is. You give them up, they give you whatever it is you pay for them, whether it's half the price of each gun, so that you're not losing out, but you're going to get a fair value for you giving up all of your guns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know some people won't like that, but I mean, it, it's, oh. it's a way of, um, I don't know, I guess it's a way of just keeping track. And my now, thing is, I'm not saying if if you make it to 85, yeah. you're still competent and you can do all of that. More power to you. Have your gun. Absolutely. But I just feel like in a lot of cases, which in that case, I feel like it wasn't mental. I don't think it was racial, like I said. Well, but I feel, in I feel other like cases, in a lot of it could be, yeah, it could be mental. And and in know? that case, it could be a bit of both. But yes, I think. The, you know, the catch 22, the chicken or the egg. Say, okay, we'll say he's racist. Sure. But he's also not got mental health issues. And part of that is, um, you know, like a disassociation or, or, or paranoia or something of that mm -hmm. nature. And he it could be, yeah. The young black man comes up to his door and he doesn't know why, because let's just say he had a bad experience years ago and he's always been afraid since then. And he just sees the guy and he flashes back to that time and he just shoots through the door. That could be the issue. Or, as I've always said, he could just be an asshole. He could be. Unfortunately, there is no remedy for assholes and guns. It is not. I mean, as long as humans are on this earth, we'll always have conflict. Yep. I believe. Um, I just think that the laws are, and laws have always been manipulated, but I think that with the realm of an invent of social media, Mm -hmm. I think these things have always been going on. People being shot for no reason, but I think now it's publicized more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially after, I mean, it was before George Floyd, but I think George Floyd was a flashpoint that yes, kind of it changed big time after that. Yes, it yeah. changed big time after that, and it did. I think people are like, "Nah, we can't keep going like this," but. I do think that there's something to the whole mental health mass shootings thing. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's a connect. And think about it. Think about Uvalde. Think about how many mass shootings have been since Uvalde. Uvalde was what, two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Think about yeah. how many mass shootings we've had since Uvalde. Right. Hold you that know? thought. Hold that thought for just one second. I think we'll take a very quick break and come on right back. All right. All right, welcome back to the show. We want to continue very quickly with uh, the last thing we were talking about, Uvalde. Um, uh, go ahead and finish your thought for me there, man. So Uvalde was June 10th, I think, 2022. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think of how many... Since Uvalde, okay, since Uvalde, there have been 20 other mass shootings. So mm -hmm. in less than a year, in Uvalde was the mass shooting where, what, 12 kids and a teacher were killed? Yeah. Uvalde, Texas. So since Uvalde, it's been 20 other mass shootings. I'm trying to think of them. I know yeah, Buffalo had... Yeah, it, it, it's to even, I would have to sit down and write, but I, you know, I'm looking at the report, it's 20 right. since Uvalde. So within a year, and I mean, if we sat down and took 30 minutes, we could write them all down. But what I'm trying to say, it, it, it is a mental health aspect there. There is. People losing their minds, you know, young people. Do not deny um, that at all. Yeah. And I, I think that we have to look at that whole, and to just close that whole mental health aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a much bigger issue, I think, than, you know, can be wrapped up in an hour conversation. Um, but I guess there are so many other aspects to trying to fix that, that fixing mental health is an issue on its own, unrelated to owning a gun. Yes, so, no doubt. So if you want to fix mental health, then just fix that. But in doing that, think about gun ownership and whether or not it is prudent, safe, responsible to still allow this person, you know, the opportunity to own a gun if they are now deemed to have some type of an issue that 
would be considered considered dangerous to own a gun. Yes. I agree. So, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I really would like to hear from a gun owner and just hear their viewpoints, hear what they think about that, and, and or even have them come on the show and talk about it. I mean, it's just... No doubt. Um, it is a conversation I feel that needs to be had, that needs to be not an argument, not a I'm right, you're wrong, but really more of a simple conversation of trying to figure out how can we slow down um, the mass shootings because we may never be able to stop them, but having 20, you know, so you said in, in the last 20 or 22 yeah. in the last year or so, it's too much. That is yeah. way too much to have one. Many. One is too much. One is too much. Exactly. <clears throat> but to have yeah. that many, that is just too much to just not care. Exactly. And, and I, I'm not saying, and I, well, I, let me rephrase that. When I say not care, I don't mean people don't care about the people being shot or they don't care about the kids. It's not caring enough to really want to be a part of doing something about trying to stop that. And that goes with just everybody, not just, you know, small communities. I mean, I'm even talking the government. They should mm -hmm. care enough to want to do something about this. You know, when you bring it up, all of a sudden, people don't want to have the conversation of gun control. Why? Because we're taking away a constitutional right. No, we're not. We're trying to stop people from killing other people. And we know that that will happen. But there has to be some failsafe in there to at least help with that and not just let it go and run rampant and just say there's nothing we can do about it and just move on. I agree. Yeah. So anyway, that brings me to my next point that has just recently happened in the your last, boy. last few months. Yep. We're talking about your boy. <laughs> the man, the man we're talking about is trying to actually own Walt Disney World. The mm -hmm. governor of Florida, Mr. Ron DeSantis. He, he wants to be, he wants he was, to be president. Too. He does. He wants to be president. And he also wants to change it to Walt DeSantis. Let's now, start the conceal weapons. Let's start con there. Concealed, concealed carry. He's been trying to um, abolish that and basically just make it an open carry state for quite some time now. And apparently, I think it was June. Well, June? not well. Here it is. Here, here's the thing. Let me set it up this way. He doesn't want, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear. He doesn't want to make it an open carry because open carry means you don't have to have a concealed. He wants it to be, you don't have to have a permit to have a concealed weapon. It still has to be concealed from what I think, but you don't have to have the permit. Like now, I'm a concealed carry. I have my permit. As of July 1st, 2023, as long as I buy a, a weapon or a gun, and I'm able to have one, and I'm mentally fit. We just talked about that. I can carry my gun concealed in the state of Florida, wherever, without having a permit. That's where we're at. Because you know, with the permit, you have to take the class. You know, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've taken a, a permit class, but you take the class. Yeah, I do. You uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You talk about gun safety and all that. Now, you're gonna have people out here that don't have to take the class. Don't have to have a permit, you know, none of that stuff. So to me, it's just like the wild, wild west. <laughs> you know, we, we going to the wild. Next is open. Next is going to be open carry. Yeah, I guarantee you, you're going to be able to walk around, you know, open carry. But like uh, one of our friends said, I don't know, I think it was Noah when he said he tells a story about in Texas is open carry, but the black guy had the AR-15 and they yeah. went to march. And somebody started shooting, and the the black guy politely took off his AR-15, handed it to the closest police officer, and said, "Here, hold this for me because I don't want you to shoot me." Right. And that's basically <laughs> where we're headed because, to me, I'm I'm totally against um, well, open carry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that now basically states that anybody can own a gun. Anybody yes. can get a gun. Doesn't matter. I can walk around with a gun right now. I could have bought it off my friend down the street, but it doesn't matter. I don't really have well, to prove it, that to you because I apparently don't have to have to a concealed permit. Well, here's the thing. 
when you buy a weapon, you still have to, it still has to be registered legally in yes. your name, you know, all that stuff. Sure. But the concealed weapon permit, what that was doing was saying, yeah, I have a gun, it's concealed, mm-hmm. but I've had all the training. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know, I know everything about the weapon and all the, you know, correct, all the safety so issues. So that I won't be weapon. out there reckless. Correct. Well, now we can. But now he's taking that away. But because I think he's he's going on a path of open carry. I think that's where he wants to be. I, I think he is because I think he said that. But I think this yeah. is like the first step that he wants basically people to have the freedom to do whatever they want. So my thing is, let's go back to the beginning of the podcast so for people that are listening. Mm. Remember when I was talking about California 1967? And if you don't know who the governor was, it was uh, Mr. Ronald Reagan. Oh, CIA snowfall. <laughs> no, they know the drugs, Ronald Reagan, who was also letting the CIA deal drugs. But that's another story. We're not even going to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Some say he was the greatest president, but not me. But anyway, he was the governor of California. And what happened at the time was, for those that don't know, I know we've talked about this, the Mulford Act was basically the Black Panthers had um, Bobby Seals, um, Geronimo Pratt, Stokely Carmichael. It was open carry in the California at the time for years. Well, what the Black Panthers did, they did a protest on the steps of the governor's of, it's not the governor's mansion or the state senate or whatever with their firearms, which was legal at the time. Well, the good senators and governor of California said, in, in no way could we have these black people open carry in the state of California. We can't do that. Democrats and Republicans, look it up, 1967, the Mulford Act, got together along with the NRA. The NRA, this is the only time they've ever backed gun legislation and having um, gun legislation uh, on this act, 1967. Mm-hmm. That's where it goes back to who has the gun. Correct. When I say the rabbit has the gun, it depends on who has the gun. Mm-hmm. We need laws if a certain type of people have these guns. We can't have that. Right. Fast right. forward to Florida, 2023, we're starting to do the, the exact opposite. What DeSantis wants to do is first strike, take away the concealed permit. Mm-hmm. licenses. I think the next step mm-hmm. is we're going to open carry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What, what are you, that's that's so I, I want to set it up like that. But we can Absolutely. go for it. No, no, yeah. you, I mean you're you're exactly right. I think that's where this is all heading. Um and, and back into when we're talking about government overreach, I feel like he is a governor in Florida right now. He's just doing whatever he wants. Whenever he feels like doing it and just doesn't even really it's not even really a conversation about it. It just is, this is what I want to do. And until I get this done, nothing else is going to go on. Well, we should have known that because he signed it late at night, remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, usually he signs bills in the middle of the day, a bunch of yeah. people, man, he signed it late at night in the privacy of his own. Yeah, sure did. Didn't, made, didn't do a big fanfare for that one, standing there holding that one up. Mm-mm. At all. Yeah. I don't know. You now, know, so... We say that there's some people that probably love him to death, but I think he's the greatest thing since the invention of the wheel. You're entitled that's to that. Okay, that's fine. That is totally fine. Um, I just think that when people think, when they, I think on both sides, when people think that gun laws are going to stop criminals right. or de- <clears throat> deregula- deregulating gun laws are going to stop criminals, either way, it's not stopping criminals. Criminals no. are always going to have guns. Right. And they're going to always do illegal things, Correct. regardless of what laws you have. Correct. I think that we're in the 21st centuries. Our, our law enforcement has to be smarter. Right. You know, I think we have to understand. I think they said by 2045, it'll be more um, minorities than none minorities. So I think right. our thinking of who is dangerous. Mm-hmm. has to change. I think that, you know, we have to be real about mental health and understand it's a problem. So I think that's why this, to me, this show is important. Yeah. But I don't think that taking away concealed weapons permits are a good thing. 
I think we're going to reverse. Yeah, I, I think there you, you're you're losing the ability to track and you're losing accountability. Yes. Um, you know, the ability for anybody and everybody to own a gun just like that without it, having a permit or any training is probably way more dangerous than having a bunch of trained people to own guns. I mean, it's just way more dangerous. And I know that, like I said, criminals can get their guns, but that really isn't the issue at hand of criminal getting guns. Because if you look at a lot of these shootings, they're, they are by, uh, the guns are owned legally. Yes. Whether it be the, the parents that own the guns and the kids get it from there, or whether the guy owns the guns themselves, they're legal. So yes. it, it's, it has nothing to do with criminality right now. It has to do with the legality of owning a gun. And now, as we say, because mental health is the catchphrase, that also becomes part of that issue of whether or not we need to take the guns out of the hands of those that have certain mental health issues, not to stigmatize them, not to single them out, but more the reality of we don't really think, we being just a general term, that owning a gun is the safest thing for somebody with this specific issue. Yes, So I agree. Getting rid of a concealed permit is like going in the wrong direction. I just think that on several aspects like we've talked about today mental health then we've talked about um the racist aspects in it we've talked a little bit about even the police aspect like should police officers be held to the same standard as regular citizens or should they be held to a higher standard because i feel like remember when we got first got these body cameras i don't know how many years ago was 10 years ago they started getting the body cameras yeah and they were like, man, it's going to solve everything. It's gonna, you know, we're going to be able to see the crime. I think it was after Trayvon Martin, right? Yeah. They were big on these body cameras because whatever. Or, no, it was the guy in Sacramento, I think, that got shot. It was so many. See, it's mm-hmm. so many killings. of all together. <laughs> yeah, they do. But what happened with that, and that's why I say cops should be held to a higher standard, is cops just start saying, oh, I forgot to turn it on, or the right. video got lost. Or you actually no see the video. There. Or yeah. you see in the video one guy says, "Okay, turn them off now." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, exactly. You're like, that so does it's not like, scream illegal right there. If you say, turn the video cameras off now. <laughs> yeah, so I just feel like one. I I feel this is my own personal belief. We live in a police state, mm-hmm. and we we laugh and joke about the Middle East and how bad it is over there. But it's the same way over here. For 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 uh, we don't have the bar, the car bombs and the, right. the all of that stuff, but depending on what level of the caste system, when I say caste system, mm-hmm. you know, starts at the top all the way down, and depending on how you're living in this world, right. you're gonna see violence. It might be all around you. You might not want it. Like I quote the the famous poet and rapper Tupac. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, "Hey man." Me as a black man, I have to live around the violence. I don't have any other choice because I was born into this environment. You get to see the violence on TV and discuss it. I have to live in the violence. And if you ever listen to his poetry, which is selling for a million dollars a page right now, he was way before his time, mm-hmm. you know, but that's true for a lot of you know, uh, minorities that have to, when we're going back to police officers that have to live in that state, live with being stopped by police officers, being disrespected or even being abused, you know, by, by police officers. If you grew up in that environment versus a person that never had to deal with that, Mm -hmm. you feel like you might be living in the same state as somebody in the Middle East versus somebody that didn't have to live in that state they're like oh that's over there oh yeah i'm trying to put together those two parallels should police officers have a higher be held to a higher standard i'm asking you well yeah i was gonna say i think they should they're the ones that are trying to one uphold and enforce the laws that are out there i think they've gone away from enforcing or upholding and I think for some, in some situations, it just becomes personal. Um, and by personal, I mean, you're in the situation and something is done or said, and that attacks you personally to that your reaction is a personal reaction. Like you don't like the way somebody spoke to you. You don't like the fact that nobody's listening to you. 
you know, you say to the guy, you know, get on the ground and he's not doing anything, but you just want him to get on the ground because you can tell him to get on the ground and he doesn't. And next thing you know, you're in a fight, you tase him, you shoot him, whatever. I think it, it's gone away from that to just the interaction is now causing the issue, whether somebody's doing something wrong or not. So I think they should always be held to a higher standard and should always mm -hmm. be the one to take the high ground and not to be the one to incite what is going on. They should be there to diffuse what is going on and not be the creator of the problem. Do you feel like that is happening? I mean, not all the police officers, and I hate having to say this, are bad, but I just no, feel like... No. I would say that I think it may be happening in some areas. I mean, areas yeah. that don't get the uh, the same airplay that you know the violence does, because that's all they want to talk about is uh, the bad areas. Um, yes. But I'm sure there are some areas where police are integrating with the community, and the community likes them, and they like them, and everybody's good, and blah blah blah. Um, mm -hmm. But once again, they don't talk, they don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about the violence, and you know. The, the I, I just want to see when an officer does do something wrong and we know it's wrong, they be held accountable. I think that's all I want to see. You know, uh, I don't have to. Yes, I, I think so, because I, I think the whatever the crime is that they've committed, whatever it is that they've done, they shouldn't really just get a pass just because they're a police officer. They shouldn't be treated exactly. different or better just because they're a police officer. I understand yeah, like, if people want to look at that as professional courtesy um, or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it might not even be the right word, but I still think that if you committed a specific crime that any other person would have done and gone to jail for, they should get the exact same. I agree. So I agree. Anyway, I think we beat that horse to death and people are probably all just turned off. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. That, yeah, was, yeah. that was lengthy, though. I mean, that was more good. in depth than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, good though. Yeah, it was. But it is. I mean, like I said, I, it is a a conversation that needs to be had. I, I would really like to hear the other side of that conversation um so that we can be more informed. Um because, you know, people that actually own the gun, people that are around people with guns more often, people that probably understand the the laws of gun ownership may have a better perspective than I do. You know? All right. My it's favorite time of the show. So with that being said, man, what do you have? Because I have something a little different today. So I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep on with the theme of our great governor, Florida, Florida Governor <laughs> Ron DeSantis. <laughs> now, remember, way back when, a year ago, he... He came at Disney and he said he retaliated at Disney because they came out and spoke against his don't say gay bill. Correct. You know, and he imposed all these laws, which, you know, he took away their tax benefits and all. He mm -hmm. took over their district. Mm -hmm. So, okay, that's within the law. He's the governor. He's able to do that. Disney came back and one up them and took all the power from their district, you know, and he <laughs> didn't like that. Mm -hmm. Which, personally, I think it was all political to propel him to trying to be the next president. But now, a couple of days ago, or today, it says, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says, Disney lawsuit, because they came out and sued him, mm -hmm. is political. <laughs> and that's not right. He said that Disney suing him because of what he did to them is political. I just think that's <laughs> ironic because wow. this whole thing started with him being butthurt because Disney came out and defended the people, some of the people that worked there. They said, hey, we're inclusive. Right. We want to let everybody know that we are for you know LGBTQ community. Yep. Which they have the right to, and yes, they, they want to be inclusive. They didn't say, they didn't say, come here so you can be whatever. Right. They just said we want to be inclusive. He took that as a slight to him, mm -hmm. and goes after Disney, which was right. totally political, using his seat. Which okay, that's cool, but all is fair in love and war. Disney comes back at him. Now he's saying it's political. Disney's trying to be political, man. You know they're coming at me. They're trying to. 
to sue me or, or sue the state of Florida, and he says he's targeted. Right. You know, he's tar- like they, he they target targeted him. his campaign for and for government retaliation. He was targeted. I just don't know, man. I just—he's the innocent bystander in all of this. Yeah, I'm yeah. like they just playing by the rules that you established. When right. had you not had you not gone after them in the first place and just let them say what they want to say and just kind of go whatever? Exactly. Yeah, it's like going up and say you and your brother playing basketball. Y'all get in an argument. You punch your brother, and he punch you back a little harder, and you start crying. Now you go tell your mom. Yep. <laughs> no, you started yeah. it. No, but you punch me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Doesn't matter what I did first. It's the retaliation that always gets caught when you think about it. It cracks me up, man. I just it cracks me. Every day is something. So that's my little even in sports, yeah. the retaliation always gets caught. Even though you know and everybody <laughs> saw what happened. Yes. The guy retaliates. The retaliation is what gets the violation. No doubt, man. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I, I was looking at some stuff and I, I actually found some laws in the state of Florida. Of course. That are completely dumb. <laughs> Doesn't put, I mean, puts Florida back on the map for stuff that we already do. <laughs> dumb shit. So apparently, and I'll read a few of them. One of them says, it is illegal to sing in public, a public place while attired in a swimsuit. Mm. Yeah. Why? So don't sing sing by the swimming pool because you probably apparently get arrested. <laughs> yeah, you going to jail. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a special law prohibits unmarried women from parachuting on Sunday, or she shall risk arrest, fine, and or jailing. Mm. I don't even know if I've ever seen a woman parachute on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, why Sunday? Unwed. He said unmarried too. How would you know? Yeah. That? I guess she has to have a permit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Florida law forbids rats to leave the ships docked in Tampa Bay. Rats? Yeah, rats. I don't know how you even enforce that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How exactly are you going to stop a rat from leaving a ship? Ronnie D, he'll blame Disney, man. Mm-hmm. Disney fault. <laughs> if, if an elephant is left tied to a parking meter, the parking fee has to be paid just as it would be for a vehicle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Check. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't take my elephant out. Exactly. Got it. In, in Florida, failure to tell your neighbor his house is on fire is illegal. Well, that's common decency. I mean, you I know. I would hope you'd tell him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's man. common decency. How, how is that even illegal? I don't just, know. That's just assholery. I don't know, man. It is illegal to fish while driving across a bridge. I can see that one. You'd have to be good. Yeah, I can see that one though. I could I could see that one being legit. Well, driving you got lines and yeah. No, no, no. It says illegal to fish while driving across a bridge. So you're in your car driving across a bridge and fishing. Yeah, okay. Okay. (laughs) I was thinking I was thinking something else. Sorry. Yeah, no, I knew I (laughs) sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're in your car fly fishing apparently now, because that's the only way you're gonna probably do it. Driving across the bridge and fishing at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's stupid. But hey, that's Florida for you. I know, right? That is Florida. Any road. You I got know. Anything else you want to say? Hey, man, all the people out there listening, never stop, never stop it, man. Remember, <laughs> in life, you can never stop because you got to keep going on. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. That's right. Remember that. Whatever it is, no you matter know. how hard the task is, never stop, never stop. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That is so dumb. <laughs> Comes from the movie Pop Star. Yes, it does. So stupid. Yeah. Don't even watch it. Please don't even watch it. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Like I can't even think of the guy's name that's part of it. I think it's but... Andy Samberg from Saturday Night Live. Andy Samberg, yeah. yeah. There you go. So you can immediately tell there how dumb the movie's going to be. Isn't anyway. he on the Corona commercial with uh, Snoop Dogg now? Yes, he is. That's the same guy, yeah. Same guy. Yeah. Pretty much playing the same character. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's what he can do. Exactly. So. One trick pony. Hey, but he's making money off it. So Exactly. Can't, anyway. Can't hate. This was a good topic, man. I'm glad we talked was, about it. Well, I hope no everybody doubt. enjoyed the topic today. As long and lengthy as it might have been or in depth, I hope that we 
opened up some doors, opened up some conversations that you could have. And I don't know, giving you different perspectives on the same thing that we're, we've been talking about today. If that is the case, then yes, like I said before, I would like for you to at least you know, get in touch with us, talk to us, and let us know what you think of what we said or give us your viewpoint, opinion on the same subject. And we would really like to hear from you. So with that being said, my friends, wherever you get your podcast, don't forget to hit the like or subscribe button so you will never miss another episode of A Conversation with Open Minds. And good night. Good night.